Hey, welcome to Uplift Catalyst. I am Gatla Ho, your coach. And uh, you and me are champagne hippies. Yeah, that's what they call us. We're goody two-shoes, do-gooders. But you know what? We're also needle movers. So uh, let's get going into the show. huge windswept and cold mountains was a little home a little bit run down but warm inside with a small family the dad was often out plowing the fields to make sure that they had just enough to eat and survive and the mom with her little baby twins would do her best in the home to keep it cozy, warm and nourishing. One cold winter's day, the mom succumbed to a, a horrible chest infection that was going around the village and passed away leaving her now twin toddlers just with their dad. It was heartbreaking for him, for all of them, for the village. And up in heaven, it's told that the mom pleaded with the ancestors and the angels to go back just for the sake of her children. And seeing the love and desire to go back to raise and cultivate leaders in her twins. The ancestors came together and gave her a chance, one chance to go back. And the question they asked her was, who are you? The young mother would ponder the question very hard because she knew if she could just zero in on this simple question, she would get her heart's desire. So she would go back every morning up in heaven and ask, am I a mom? And the ancestors would look at her shake their heads and she'd spend another day pondering who am I who am I really am I a teacher the ancestors would shake their heads again crestfallen she would try to keep her spirits up so that she could give her full focus to this question am I a helper? Am I a mother? Am I important? Am I valuable? She kept asking 
question after question to try and figure out how to get back to her little ones. You see, she could see from heaven that they really needed her because their father was torn and in their tradition he would soon have to remarry in order to have their toddlers looked after again while he worked. Then one day the mom, in total exasperation, just said, I am a mother. I've got to go back today. And the ancestors looked at her with tears in their eyes and said, yes, you may go back to your children. You are a mother. That is the story behind the concept of Ikigai, a Japanese tool for figuring out what it is you're here to do on earth, what your path is, what your journey will look like, what it's uh, really about, what the sweet spot is, the Ikigai of your life. And you see many of us go out into the world asking to be reflected and shown and explained who we are until you are able to say I am that nothing no needles move no change happens it's up to you to decide and to be resolved and to commit and uh, yeah you can change you can grow you can explore But the key is, even in that process of changing and growing and exploring, it's up to you to decide. Who are you? Who are you going to be? How are you going to show up? The most important thing isn't the question, am I going to be able to do this? Am I going to be able to make it happen? The most important thing is knowing I am, I will, I must. And that's my challenge to you, social entrepreneurs. Notice what you say you are. After the words I am, you create great empowering uh, energy behind the words I am. Use them to your advantage to make your dreams happen and your best life happen for the benefit of the greater good next on uplift catalyst for today's episode we are going to talk with the sense of ikigai and purpose and finding your sweet spot in mind as a person and as an entrepreneur Uh, We all have seen the Venn diagram. I don't know how many people have heard the story of the importance of finding that sweet spot. But I really feel like it has helped me do business better when I have found my sweet spot. What's your sweet spot? keep going and how do you even get started right if you see something and you see a gap what do you do 
where do you go? How do you cope with it? Um, so that it doesn't eat away at you. My grandmother is and has always been my greatest inspiration. She was orphaned uh, really early in life and uh, her family was, you know, in village South Africa um, eons ago. And uh, her siblings and her were separated early because of, you know, amongst the family, of course, uh, because of uh, them being orphaned. And um, my koko, as I called her, my granny, she found a way, you know, through serendipity, which is such a powerful force, I don't believe in coincidence, she managed to find herself education. And she just grabbed it with both hands and went for it, you know. She would tell a funny little story of how she would go to school and she had one dress and uh, on the days that she washed her dress in the river she'd have to hide behind the bushes <laughs> I mean I would chuckle as a child um, because I didn't have the perspective because of her hard work and my parents hard work you know I didn't grow up in that kind of abject poverty that she did um, and uh yeah, because she knew poverty, um, because she knew the thirst for knowledge and the thirst for learning and an education, um, she then, you know, because she became a professional, she succeeded in her schooling, became a teacher through teacher training college and even had a second career which you know in a time when it was unheard of you know now it's fashionable and she became a nurse and uh, they were able to get a bigger property with my grandfather who was you know in the legal system in South Africa doing native law kind of things you know we know the history <laughs> and um, they had a massive property in a peri-urban setting eventually um, at the time it was peri-urban now it's very urban it's a full-on township and um, but even then she when they arrived on that property the first thing she did was plant a massive veggie patch and I mean I call it a patch but it was a massive agricultural operation and she never sold a thing I mean the food that came out of there was for an army and you know it wasn't just for the family she would can peaches she had all kinds of peaches plums um, uh, pomegranates um, quinces I mean if you know what a quince is uh, the most delicious thing I've ever eaten in my life for dessert anyway she had like three trees of that right plus maize plus vegetables um, turnips parsnips <laughs> you name it leeks <laughs> anything and everything including morojo and spinach of course pumpkins of all kinds and and goods of all kinds but yeah that's not the point of the story right she would give the stuff away uh, in the community but her intention was there are so many intelligent smart kids that look just like me in poverty and I 
have the work ethic and I have the property and I can feed them so that they do well at school. And then she started realizing, oh, they don't go to school. Some of them are really bright and they don't go to school because they can't afford the books, they can't afford the uniform, they can't afford shoes and they get teased and bullied. They're just too poor to go to school. And at that time in South Africa, primary schooling wasn't free, right? Like it is now. You had to pay for all that. You had to pay to have an education, which is why she didn't have one when her parents passed away as well. Um, Because, you know, if you didn't have somebody who could pay for you, you didn't get an education. Um, So she saw the injustice in that, obviously. She knew poverty. She had experienced it. She knew the injustice of it. But here's the thing. She started selling jumble from her friends in Europe and that happened because she was a nurse and um, there would be um, nurses who would come from Britain who would you know come and help to improve the the nursing systems and stuff like that so she would be friends with those ladies from um, London and they would talk to all their friends uh, in Europe as far off as Scandinavia um, and their churches will would donate old clothing and send them to my gran, right? So all these churches that, you know, church, as churches do, uh, they would be sending old clothes. And I would like, imagine for a minute a woolen jersey or jacket from Scandinavia in South Africa, right? We, our winters get cold. But nothing like Scandinavian cold, right? So these are quality, beautiful, thick uh, children's clothing and adult clothing. And she would sell them for a profit. And then she started a, you know, she got legal advice and she started a trust fund to pay for these children's education, right? And this fund still exists today in her name. Sorry, I'm... I get um, I get tearful because she's such. I can feel her presence every time I talk about her and her work. And um, I share the story because you know there are doctors, there are engineers, there are CEOs of companies, there are film producers, there are. All kinds of careers of people who were able to get an education because of this one lady selling jumbo in her backyard and uh, if you think that you are not powerful I want you to think about my granny one woman in Africa changing the lives of other Africans through commerce right so the profile as we understand it of social entrepreneurship is you've got to be market-based obviously there has to be some commerce there has to be a for-profit element and in this day and age you've got to be tech enabled okay my grandmother wasn't obviously Um, but she um, was wholeheart enabled right she took responsibility and accountability for something that perhaps would overwhelm uh, other people yeah 
and and say, well, I can't. What can I do? Uh, there's nothing I can do. The problem's too big. Um, and there also has to be a potential to scale the business, and that individual also has to be able to be an ambassador of sorts in that community. So she, my grandmother was well spoken. Her handwriting was gorgeous. You think Meghan Markle has beautiful calligraphy handwriting? You should see my grandmother's writing. Uh, you know, oh, and speaking of royalty, she actually, through this work, was invited to one of those garden parties that the Queen throws on an annual basis that celebrates people who make a difference in their communities. Yeah, she was invited, and uh, yeah, she really made a huge impact with a lot of help and support from her friends but she was the ambassador she drove it she did the work she did the communication with people around the world and kept them up to date and kept the financials so if you have that profile you know um but maybe you have one little thing standing in your way like you know the sense of the love of money is the root of all evil right something like that Understand that the love of community, the love of self, the love of people, uh, the love of God even, um, is such a powerful force for change and for prosperity um, that you cannot be the one seeing the gaps in your community, um, in your surroundings and do nothing, right? What about um, things like clean water? Uh, if, if you're stuck on ideas, right? What would it take for you to create or uh, find a way to bring in uh, really affordable water filters for village Africa, right? What would it take for you to create a platform that becomes the Uber of clean electricity in urban areas? right and i'm just sparking right now i that might not be possible i don't know right but how could we um say somebody like me who could buy um solar panels for my house how would i be able to share that in the community when there's load shedding um those are some of the questions that people like us who are socially aware and want to have a social impact and are social are self-aware and um unlike me right now not self-managing <laughs> and getting tearful while i'm recording um but are able and willing and have enough resources that you can get started in something and start small um i really want to encourage you today if you've started and you're on your way keep going Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Don't be daunted. If you're thinking of starting, just do one small turtle step. Tiny one. Right? And and, and just do it. Right? Just do it. No more excuses. No more stories. Um, my big thing is if my granny could do it back in the day, with none of the technology and none of the advantages we all have today 
you and I can step up to the plate too. I hope uh, it's been an interesting, different episode of Uplift Catalyst for you today. Um, Think about your ikigai sweet spot. What does the world need? What can you be paid for? What do you love to do? What are you great at? That will give you your passion, which is energy, your mission, vocation, and profession. And somewhere in the middle of that, somewhere is a sweet spot for your life, for your best life. And I'm here to say that is a life you can have. Let's elevate. So today's scroll by Ogmandino, second last, the scroll mark nine, is I will act now. I will seize the moment and I will act now. If there is ever been a call to action, this is it. Today I'm taking inspired, efficient and excellent action steps. Positive action. And I am also simultaneously taking it easy. I do it now. I do it today. I do it straight away. And I have everything to gain. And I know the same is true for you too. So go ahead, beloveds. Let's elevate on Uplift Catalyst. (laughs) 